Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Cisco. Modern modernization today has the products you need to modernize your workplace, like Wi-Fi booster crystals. Let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your Internet of Things. At CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Cisco. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Fellow knowledge seekers, I hope you've had a chance to check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. And if you checked it out, please give it a good rating. It's a wonderful podcast. Water is one of the biggest driving forces of life on Earth. It's been incredibly influential in human history from the time we were hunter gatherers looking for fresh sources of water to the uh, uh, agricultural revolution and building bigger and bigger cities eventually having plumbing uh, the way that it changed sanitation uh, irrigation and what is the what's the future of water are we going to have enough of this stuff how can we make more clean fresh water i just listened to a very interesting episode alchemy turning milk into water sustainable water management and this episode is all about this very candid conversation about water coffee industrial practices sustainable value chain and social responsibilities with uh this man carlos uh gali who uh, whose job it is to make sure that the biggest food and beverage company in the world is leading a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Incredibly important stuff. You guys are into science. You guys are into learning, caring about the world, caring about our future. This podcast is for you. Check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. Hello, everybody. We have a wonderful episode about plant medicines for you today. Make sure and check out, if you haven't looked into it yet, May 5th through 13th, Mycomeditations. Uh, you can go to mycomeditations.com. We are doing a special Here We Are retreat at the world's only legal psilocybin mushroom retreat, which is in Jamaica. And this may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I don't know if we're going to do another one of these. I'm going to be talking a little bit at the end of the episode. I'm putting some of my psychedelic-inspired work on the back burner for a little while to focus on some other projects. I'll get into that at the end of this episode. So certainly for this year and um, 
who knows for how long. This may be the only time that you're able to join me and other Here We Are listeners in Jamaica for a psilocybin mushroom retreat. May 5th through 13th in Jamaica. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, I have to wait to confirm it, but I'm trying to line up a live Here We Are recording there um, and with a really, really incredible guest. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything now, but it's, it's uh, someone who would be really awesome. So hoping that works out. And then I'll be doing um, a couple of stand-up shows as well. So the more of you, the better. There's still uh, several spaces left. And um, so please go to mycometitations.com to find out more about that. All right. Enjoy today's episode. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Today, I am still at the Spirit Plant Medicine Conference in the lovely Vancouver, Canada. I live in Vancouver, Washington right now, so it's uh, I always have to tell people Portland, Oregon, which is nearby. Otherwise, people think that I'm in Vancouver, Canada, which I am now talking with Chris Killam, who is a medicine hunter. That's the most fantastic title of anyone that I've ever had on the show. This is Without checking, this is somewhere around 140 episodes, and you have <laughs> the coolest title. <laughs> well, I hope so. I mean, I hope we can back that up with, with equal cool beyond the title, Shane. <laughs> so what, uh, what is a medicine hunter? What do you do? In my case, I travel around the world investigating natural remedies of all different kinds, uh, plant-based medicines that cultures have used maybe even for thousands of years. So... Uh, I'll, I'll work in China, India, Siberia, the Middle East, Africa, the South Pacific, all over the Amazon, uh, throughout Europe. And, and really what I try to do is be a bridge between people who have these traditional medicines and the market and figure out a way to do trade that is sustainable. So environmentally friendly, not going to wipe out whatever particular plant or plants we're talking about, uh, fair wage practices, and also... Um, make sure that the people who are at the using end, I don't like the word consumer, but the people who are using these things get real benefits. Mm -hmm. So I, I do that. And then I also do media to let people know about these things. So I do a lot of TV. I was on uh, Fox News Health in 100 countries for about 10 years. I, I left that last year. But um, so I kind of span this uh, arc, as I like to say, sort of from field to finish uh, investigating the plants in their native origins, which I assure you is a complete and total gas, and then also doing the media to support people becoming aware of them in the market. That's wonderful. Do you need an apprentice? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have had so many people say the same line. They, they, they go, do you need anybody to carry your bags? And it's like, it's like, I didn't offer. Uh, no, to no, carry I know, your I know, I know, I know, life. I know. But, but it's just funny. It, 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 there's something about the work that, yeah. that thankfully uh, kind of captures people's imaginations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how, how in the world did you get into this stuff? Because ah. I couldn't, I saw your talk yesterday, which was fantastic. And hilarious. I, I didn't, 
I I retained nothing of it. I was I was completely uh, I, I was charmed by your charisma. I was just, I was just, I, I, I was just in awe of of your ability to deliver and articulate these things. Didn't hear a word you said. Well, isn't that just, funny? I, I was just, <laughs> so no, in this no, case, uh, the medium really is the message. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one one of the uh, one of the things that um, that grabbed me that that shocked uh, that shocked me. Um, when I heard it, you said you've been um, working with uh, various uh, medicines and psychedelics for. You, you had your first psychedelic experience something like fifty years ago. Or yeah, something? actually, fifty years ago, about two months ago. I, 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 I would have guessed you were about fifty years old. Oh, is what God I bless you, man. So yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I had my first first psychedelic experience when I was one. So I am, just, <laughs> I am in fact, fact fifty one. Uh, no, but in uh, nineteen sixty seven, in boarding school, in I think it was September, maybe it was October. Uh, I took LSD, and it was the first time I ever got high, and that was just a, to quote uh, Joseph Chilton Pierce, that was the crack in the cosmic egg. Yeah. That was the big deal, and all of a sudden I was introduced to interdimensionality. It was like, whoa, they didn't tell us about this. This is really cool. And I didn't then start gobbling acid right away. That came later, but yeah. it was a phenomenal <laughs> first experience into this whole realm of the psychedelics. I've never had the interdimensional experience with LSD in particular, and I'm always so jealous when I hear. I don't know what it is. Me and LSD just we, uh, we I don't I don't tune into it in the same way a lot of people. Everybody do. has a different affinity for things. Yeah, I mean, even though LSD is certainly not a plant medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, it's largely synthesized originally, of course, uh, derivatives from ergot fungus. But um, there's something I, I really do consider LSD one of the greats. I mean, I, I don't take it anymore. I've microdosed a little bit. I'm very interested in the plants. But for me, it was um, it was a tremendous ally. It opened up things. It, it gave me a sense of, as I said, of interdimensionality, of all the stuff that people weren't talking about. Maybe they didn't know about it, but they certainly weren't talking about it. And uh, it led me to yoga and to meditation and to herbs and to so many things that then just kind of came naturally after that opening. And this was right away you got into yoga and wellness and all this stuff too, right? I well, mean, it, it, it took like... a couple of years. It took a couple of years, but I, you know, so I it was... It took me like 15 years <laughs> before I was like, also, additionally, maybe I'll do meditation rather than... Yeah. Like, I mean, I was always setting intentions um, uh, through my use. It's just that my intentions were like... I'm going to do more than I did last time. <laughs> that, that's the kind of intentions that well, I was setting early on in my in my use. It took me; I was self trained. Right, it took right, me a right, very right, long right. time to uh, become aware of of uh, even any of these um, kind of 
practical protocols or uh, rituals or experiences? Well, we all have our own trajectory and there's no comparison to be made, you know? I mean, for us, our intentionality was let's drop acid and go hang out in Mount Auburn Cemetery or let's go to the beach or let's go to the woods or something or whatever. <laughs> I like, the, I like <laughs> the cemetery idea is always the creepiest when people are like, I'm going to trip and go to a cemetery. Oh, no, no, okay. no. Mount Auburn Cemetery in Cambridge is this splendid place like like a hundred acres or so of beauty and flowers and manicured gardens and crazy things like um, Mary Baker Eddy's tomb, you know, the founder. Oh, wait, of the, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. It, yeah, so, the name didn't. Uh, and there's a, a castle. First, and yeah. it, so, so it's not I a see. bad yeah, fantasy yeah, land. Right, you can right, chase right. bunnies and stuff. You know, right. They don't like it, but you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that I know what you're talking about, that is a very pleasant place. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't like, let's go dig up old bones and sit there and fumble with them while we're tripping madly. That wasn't what took place. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to trip balls and dig something, dig up some corpses? Just like, yeah. I mean, whatever people imagine no we were just having a good time in the sun yeah right 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 so when did that when did it go from um something that was well even early on it it went from taking things purely recreational to uh, taking things fairly seriously but when did you when did you go into uh like i want to do this as a profession well You know, I can't take any credit for having a sort of a linear or well-planned career path here. It it didn't actually happen that way. I started accumulating knowledge and experience in little bits, and I didn't really actually have a good intentional path forward. I did want to travel the world. And at some point, I, I became so enamored of herbs, probably by the time I was about 18 or so, that I knew I wanted to be more involved with them. I didn't know enough about them to know how to be involved. There wasn't as much information as there is now, so it wasn't that easy to find the knowledge that I sought. And I, I used to go to Chinatown in Boston because there's a, 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 an area where there are all these Chinese apothecaries. And I was nothing but a nuisance there. You know, I'd go there and I'd buy a ginseng root just so I could loiter in the stores and not get thrown out. Mm -hmm. And I'd look at these products. I had no idea what I was looking at. But I knew it was kind of almost like the the future was casting a shadow back on my present at that time, sort of pulling me forward into something that I didn't completely understand what it was. But it was almost like a breadcrumb trail. And then at a certain point, I knew enough that I was kind of expert in herbs and enough of a conscious traveler that I could sort of put the two together and work. And right about the time that I I consciously said to myself, wow, you know, I could actually do this for a living, go around the world and do this. As soon as I articulated that to myself, I got a call. And that was really the beginning of my career traveling the world, investigating botanicals. This is uh, something that – I don't know how many of my listeners are psychedelic users. I know that when I have episodes about psychedelics, which is rare, they're usually some of the most popular on the podcast. And sure. people actually want more of them. Sure. Um, so thank you for being here. But uh, but it is for 
for the uh I'm just imagining the non user trying to take all of that because because me I've had like as you're going like oh yeah I was kind of like getting um breadcrumbs from the future I'm like yes I know exactly what you, <laughs> you mean but I'm not sure that your average person would identify with that yeah, but it is you yeah. you just kind of uh like after a while there's just like this weird sometimes it's a eerie like even like kind of a creepy feeling of like what is the why is this here for me to look at uh-huh. right now uh-huh. is that was that meant for me to see right now in this moment what the hell is going on I kind of go along with the assumption that when that happens it's because we're adequate for the task it's not because we're special. It's not because we're better than. It's kind of the way I think right. about it is when water runs down a hill, if it finds a groove, it runs through that faster and it, it sort of expands that groove and that becomes, you know, like a little place that water always goes. And I think that um, we can be like that. Right. That there are these forces around us, the forces of nature, spiritual forces, the current of yoga, any number of things that are moving through human history. And if we're... Yeah, decent cracks in the hill, basically. Yeah, adequate for the flow of that water. That we become part of that, and it's right. and it's not you know it's not messianic, and it's not oh my god you know I'm such a big deal whatever. It's just hey we're we're good for the task. Yeah, I mean this is uh, from a practical standpoint. If you just look at real life, this reality. <laughs> I mean, if you are uh, if you go and study something and go to school, you're more apt to get a job in the, in, the, in that in that field. Right, if, right, right. If, if the if the universe, in a way, has these many paths that are available, and you just happen to, from having had experiences reading books, looking into this and that very specific particular field, we all have our own individual experiences, you might just find yourself along one of these paths. Absolutely. And, 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 your, Absolutely. and your consciousness just might be primed to identify it a little more readily, uh, whereas um, it it might be... Um, a lot of people are just kind of walking past this this very same path all of the time, and just aren't aren't uh, aren't don't have an eye out for it. Well, but also I I do think, and this this uh, is a little bit of a sidestep into the the weird zone for some people. But but I think that many of the- <laughs> I, I, I wanna I wanna change the name of this podcast to sidestep into the weird. Zone. You're welcome to. You're welcome to. But but you know when I I meet a lot of people. I mean uh, people who run botanical gardens, people who work with plants of all different kinds. I always ask them the same question. I always say, are you working for the plants or are the plants working for you? Yeah. They all say, wow, nobody's ever asked me that. Um, I'm definitely working for the plants. There's this sense of being wooed, of being called to, of winding up in the service of the plants. Yeah. And, and I think that there are things that compel us um, by affinity for reasons that we may never really fully understand to come to them mm-hmm. to to participate in a certain way of journeying forward and that becomes a, a, a path of interest and maybe uh, a, a bigger path of pursuit perhaps a career path but I think there are lots of energetic forces that many people just flat out ignore and if you open yourself up to those you can find yourself on pass- a passenger on some very interesting rivers 
Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, I I was just that 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 very question of are you working for the plant or is it working for you? Is it? It reminds me. I was just reading about um, these. Oh, what's the? It doesn't matter the technical term for them. I think they call them slaver ants. Okay. Where there's these uh, this colony of ants. What'll happen is the the queen will um, will go off uh, and and steal from from this other species of ants. They'll steal their their nest of of uh, offspring of eggs of. Uh, whatever you call okay. baby ants that I'm forgetting, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll steal them, bring them to their uh, territory, their home, and then when those workers are born, they're, they're, the mechanisms in their head are such that they just like you go out, you get food, you bring it back, and so these this other species of ant ends up doing all of the work for this particular colony because they're just born into this and doesn't they don't they don't realize but from an individual experience from the individual ant's perspective it's not like its life is any different or better or worse it's, but it's for the just, ants who are being served it's kind of noblesse oblige <laughs> yeah. and, and i think about this kind of thing a lot with with just the way in which things evolve is like right now we you know you, you go and and uh you know crossfits the big thing we got to get back to you know using our our muscles the way our ancestors did which for some reason involves overhead squats like our ancestors were doing overhead squats javelin throwing (laughs) javelin throwing and that's where it's at javelin throwing but but the idea that i mean this isn't something that indigenous that our ancestors our ancestors never needed to work out life was the workout and and so and now we work out to maintenance these muscles. It used to be that our muscles were serving us to help us build shelters or whatever. And now we're kind of servicing our muscles for their own sake. Yes. And just the the many ways in which um, the uh, different motivations can be flipped around the way in which our, our genes can be manipulated. Our psychology can be manipulated Certainly. And through, in between species, within species, between genders. It's just, ah, well, it's you, a lot to wrap your mind around. You know, I have these, uh, friends in Vanuatu, South Pacific. So they're, they're real native guys. I mean, they all have flip phones somehow. But mm-hmm. they're still basically walking around barefoot in, in drawstring shorts and, and otherwise kind of living the way they have for centuries. And from the time they're little, from the time they're toddlers, they're doing physical stuff. You or I, if all we decided to do was work out for the rest of our lives, could never be half as fit as right. these guys. They're muscular. They're amazing because it's all they do. Right. You know, they're out tending their taro. They're swimming in the bay. They're diving for fish. They're, you know, carrying sacks of stuff up and down the hills. And, yeah, so so we are kind of mimicking what people have done in the past simply <laughs> to stay in shape so we don't become big blobs of blubber. <laughs> have you ever tried to explain to them what a treadmill is? <laughs> like, no, like, no. What you know, the hell? They, People do this just for fun, to run in no, one because, place? Because they would listen and, and they they would look at you and they go, you bullshitting us, man. You bullshitting us. That's what they, they wouldn't get it. You know, yeah. like we, people, you just, just stand in one spot and you just walk and walk and walk, but you don't get anywhere. And they would be like, why you want to do that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so when it comes to something like, uh, like herbs, which are, uh, have have um, 
varying effects and varying degrees of effects vary in terms of um, some some of the uh, some of the modifications uh, that it that they might make some of the effects that they have on us we might not be consciously aware of some of them we might be overly consciously aware you know there's right, a placebo right, effect right, right. where we think something's happening that eh, maybe really isn't and um it, it's definitely insanely tricky to figure out what each of these things are doing even with uh even with all of our fancy modern sciences the whole subject of herbs in general is something that i look at and i'm like fuck that i'll never know i'll just i'll just never know because it's so much it's so big i i really envy your ability to i mean i guess it's it helps to have a when this is something that you're really passionate about and motivated by, because I would absolutely love because so I can walk outside where the the conference is happening right now. I can walk outside and there's all these booths set up and there's a million different tinctures with a a bunch of different things. And I look and I'm like, I don't know. Like how, like I'm sure some of those things could really benefit me. And then some of those things might do nothing at all. And some of those things might have a negative effect. And how the fuck do I even know I'd have to do endless amounts of research? I don't think it's really that different from a lot of other areas of expertise. I mean, I I drive a Volvo. It's a nice car. It has served me well. You know, when I was a teenager, I could work on my cars. I can't work on my car now. It's all computerized. I have no idea. And yet there are people who can look at or listen to an engine and say, oh, you know, it sounds like such and such is going right, on. Right, right. And I'm just hearing, you know, I'm not right. I'm not like clued into that. Um, people who are, I mean, I'm always amazed by phenomenal bakers who can get like just the perfect whatever, you know, the perfect pie crust, the perfect cake the perfect breads i have no talent yeah for they're that. not like looking at recipes or anything no no they're just like doing it's just like oh what? i'm feeling this dough like just a little yeah. bit more more moisture and we're there and it, well how do you know it, it, it really has to do with what we choose right. to engage with and in my case i've been very fortunate to learn from some really great people and uh you know to go to places where maybe i maybe i for example, go to a particular place in Asia to see the tea plantations or whatever. But inevitably, somebody will say, okay, but look, as long as you're here, let's go see the dot, dot, dot. Right. And so there's this constant new share of information. This and, and I certainly don't know everything. I mean, I'm pretty advanced in the area, but you know, let's nobody knows you know everything. Every- nah, let's just say you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not true. Definitely not true. But but as with any other endeavor, you develop sensitivities, and th- like I can go out there and look at these extracts, and immediately I ask, okay, how did they verify the authenticity of the herb? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the concentration of extraction? And on and on and on. That's just the way my mind goes, having spent, you know an awful lot of time 47 years or so in this particular field yeah i mean there's there's so many things that i'm like uh like for example um what's it called st john's ward yeah 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 so i've i've never tried that i have i have uh depression issues that my listeners have heard had to hear about and like oh we're giving up on hearing about your depression (laughs) Uh, (laughs) what's the point in hearing about your depression anymore uh (laughs) i know what's the point in me talking about it uh but but this is that's something that I've heard has shown just incredible 
um, uh, results in, yes. in yes. a number of uh, uh, not in human not, clinical not just, studies in human clinical studies and uh, and also traditionally yep. and yep. And, uh, and then I also see things where I'm like I look at a booth and then there's like a thing for like male vitality and right, I'm like right right I don't trust the boner ones uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and it's always it's always a little strange too in the in the in the like. Oh, this is health and wellness, and like, also we're gonna get you hard. Right, <laughs> right, right, always, right, like, right. It's a little bit of a suspicion. Like, I want a real well balanced erection. Sure, <laughs> like, sure, like, sure. And so there's always like little bits of like, well, how much? Of, and and that's not even to say like someone's trying to pull something over on me. This is, I think it's uh, it's also. Um, sometimes like nice to believe that these things mm-hmm. are the the mm-hmm. placebo effect is like that this is um it, you know you know the study where they uh where they have uh um there was like some complicated heart surgery and they couldn't tell if it was really working or not uh-huh and so they did this crazy study where they uh, they had three groups of people one group they did nothing another group they did the heart surgery and another group they opened up their chest and sewed them back together and didn't actually do anything that to like a rip off. the heart <laughs> yeah. just to see. Right, right, and, right. And the people that got ripped open and nothing done to their heart actually healed up better because the surgery itself was actually creating a, doing a little bit of harm mm-hmm. and was too risky for some people who did work well. But, uh, but, but the... And then, uh, like a sugar pill or whatever, wasn't convincing enough for people. But, but if you have your heart, sti- if you have your chest, if you have your rib cage pulled open, people people go, "Well, they wouldn't have done that for nothing." Right, and right, then, right. And, uh, and, the, and the body has this amazing ability to heal itself, and it actually really worked well for people. And yeah. sometimes I'm like that with uh, with. Um, with with psychedelic like I just did um like I just did uh, some combo uh, does cambo combo combo um, yeah uh, the frog t- the frog toxin right yeah, right right so right, right. scrape the stuff off frog skin or what I don't, I don't I don't honestly know much about it but they basically they for the listeners they burn some uh burn some holes in your arm and put uh put some frog that life used to be so much easier when i was younger by the way and they, so they burn some holes in your arm and then they put this toxin in and then you go pale and start turning weird colors you've never turned before and then you start throwing up and you, you're throwing up bile and good time uh, man it's good just, time yeah woo, it's a party uh, it, it's basically like 10 minutes of hell and then uh the first time I did it, I felt pretty clear-headed right away afterwards. Yeah. But part of me is like, was I clear-headed because I'm like, well, I'm never fucking doing that again? Or was right. I clear-headed because there was an actual physiological... I mean, certainly I saw myself throw up weird stuff I've never seen before. And and so some, some of this stuff is like... Sometimes I'm like, well, I love that because that's the kind of placebo that I need. I can't just like hear about like hey just believe in yourself i'm like oh yeah i don't i don't yeah but see in the case of combo here's here's the great thing traditionally uh native people would use that so that they would have sharper vision when they hunted because it actually enhances visual acuity right we know uh that the 
the toxin from the the sapo frog, which is what's used in in combo, mm-hmm. contains novel peptides that are now um, highly valuable in the field of medicine. Mm-hmm. So you may be having this weird of experience, weird experience that your lips are as big as toilet seats and they're blue, and you're throwing up, and you feel weird for ten minutes or so. Um, but it turns out that within that whole matrix of crazy compounds is making you feel bizarre. There are some very, very valuable medicines. Yeah. So I, well, yeah, I'm not I'm, just a I'm placebo. I'm also saying that I'm also saying that I did absolutely feel better. Right. The right. first time immediately <laughs> afterwards because I wasn't horribly sick, and then, and then the second time I still felt a little like uh, a little off for yeah. about the full day, and yeah. then I felt like. The next day, I felt a little bit better, and then, and then the day following, I felt like real, uh, real clarity. And so I'm like, "Well, shit, even you know, whatever. It seems like it's working, right? Uh, right? And, and, right? Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's that's why it's good to talk to people like you, and good that people are researching this stuff because I still yeah. I. Because I'm dumb enough to never to never look into what I'm doing to my body, I'm always like, well, what was that that happened? Well, there? you look into other things. I mean, we all have our, our areas of interest and pursuit. You know, we all can't be good in everything. I mean, I've got a friend who's here. He's spectacular in, in world history in a way that I know, you know, basically a fraction of what he knows. But he just has chosen over the course of his life to really spend a lot of time inquiring into that. And I think you know, where we choose to put our interest, where we choose to put our inquiry, right. uh, there are whole gigantic fields that are very, very important to, to our survival. I know nothing about. My, my geothermal knowledge, I could probably encapsulate in about three minutes and then, mm, I don't know, whereas other people can go on about it for weeks because that's their field. Three minutes is all you need to get by right. in a geothermal <laughs> conversation. Um, Party conversation. Uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I stand up comedy is something that I wanted to do since I was a kid. I yep, watched yep, it every yep. single day. I watched every possible stand up thing that I could ever find on TV. Mm-hmm. I studied it, you know, I, sure. I practiced it. I have, I have installed in myself uh, an, a, a sense of. I, I understand timing. I understand. Sure, sure, sure. I can move my hand, and you're funny. hand and in you're a funny. weird way. Right, but, right, right. But I'm doing like weird math that pe- like that. Of course, in my mind that people don't have any idea of, and people right, people right. sometimes think I'm like making a mistake or something, and, and yeah. then recovering from it, not right, realizing right, right. that that was intentional. Blah, blah, right, blah. sure. And and so yeah, so you, you become an expert in something, and then uh-huh. it's, it's easier to know. and it's also again having passion about something um is is uh important but but for you i mean the, what's enviable about your position is uh so so many people are into herbs and natural healing my mom mm-hmm. my grandma's into herbs and natural <laughs> healing but if you want to be into this stuff you can do a little bit of research on the internet or whatever Certainly. but a lot of time you know you go to your natural food store or something and it's a little bit overwhelming and like who knows exactly what you're getting whereas you get to go and actually travel to where this stuff is being made you get to talk to right. these cultures that are have been using this stuff for who knows how many generations this is it's incredible 
and participate in whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, hey, man, we're going to the waterfall. You want to come? It's like, yeah, I want to go to the waterfall. They say, hey, we're going out fishing. Yeah, I want to go fishing. We're going to firewalk. Yeah, okay, sure. Why not? And and it leads to one experience after another after another. And then when people get clued into, okay, you know, like this person's not standoffish or thinks they're an expert or whatever and is is kind of game, they start sharing more. Mm-hmm. And then a whole world of experiences and ideas and other plants and how to use them and what to do with them opens up naturally just in, in my case because I'm receptive. I show up. I'm not the big American expert. You know, I'm, I'm like, hey, I may be able to be of service to you. I may possibly be able to help make some trade happen if that's of interest. Please, you know, show me whatever you're willing to. And after they go through the little bit of kind of testing out to make sure you're just like not a total complete asshole, um, then they start to share. And in that, anything can happen. Friendships develop, uh, strange celebrations of all different kinds. I mean, I, you know, I find myself in weird situations constantly. And usually there's some point on a trip where I'm with some Native people and I, I just burst out laughing. And they go, what's up? And I go, I'm working right now. And most <laughs> of the time they get the joke. But sometimes they kind of look at me like, huh, what? What's that about? But um, it, it's a great experience. It's a great experience. As as you're in a hut throwing up into the, I'm working right <laughs> sure, now. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah well, I, I get yeah. to feel that as well. Oh, yeah. Too, oh, yeah. My, okay. Well, my... you, you can't go investigate ayahuasca without drinking it. Right. And you drink it, you're going to heave your face off. Right. And you're going to have visions and be swallowed by an anaconda or carried away by a jaguar For or whatever. work. Right, for work. This <laughs> <laughs> is like... Yeah. Yeah. Every time you're getting carried away by the dra- right, like, right, 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 right. I picked the wrong day. I should have called in. <laughs> I love. It. I get. I get to bring these Is strange. It break time yet? Oh man, <laughs> I bring these strange expense reports back to different clients. You know, it'll be like box of bullets. Uh, you know, night with shaman. I mean, just strange, un- unexplainable stuff for which there are no receipts. Of course, you know, yeah. they just kind of they deal with it. But it, it, it's great fun. It's great fun. I got a receipt once from a medicine person. You did. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I think I'm going to write that. Save that, man. Save that. Only give away the copy. Right. yeah, I uh, and and then of course when you're when you're done with all that, you get to go see. Ya, I really was an asshole, bye suckers, and then you take all their secrets and leave. Uh, <laughs> I uh, what what are what are some of the um, the things that you've because right now ayahuasca is the biggest hottest thing I would say going on uh, out there in in in, uh, in the world in terms of. Um, permeating through into the into the mainstream all Mm -hmm. of a sudden Mm -hmm. people that are 60 years old never did a drug in their life never even thought to or all of a sudden like maybe i'll go to peru and try this ayahuasca sure sure what are are is there uh what are some things out there on 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 like the cutting edge things that you think might be in the next generation that people are going to it doesn't even need to be a psychedelic it could be you know st john's awards could be anything you know that's kind of hard to say in a way because there are an estimated 50,000 plants that people are using for medicinal purposes okay okay (laughs) i mean for example you you mentioned you mentioned depression 
Yeah. Even though rhodiola is a pretty well-known herb in the scene, uh, it still hasn't had its day. Uh, at, you know, for I don't the, know. Okay. It's, it's a root from uh, northwestern China and from Siberia. It enjoys hundreds of human clinical studies, and many psychiatrists around the world are using it in place of the antidepressant drugs. Mm. Uh, it enhances mental clarity. It gives you a sense of, of well-being. It gives you energy, stamina, and endurance. Rhodiola was a secret during the Cold War of the uh, Soviet Olympic athletes, and if you told anybody about it, it was a treasonable offense. Uh, this is an herb that mm. you were talking about. You know, you take some herbs and you don't necessarily know that they're doing anything. Like, let's say you take echinacea for a cold, okay? Nobody except somebody crazy goes, wow, I can really feel like my body's producing a lot more white blood cells right now. Right. But when you take rhodiola, you feel it. You go, whoa, this is great. Why didn't anybody tell me about this? I feel stronger. I feel more alert. I'm, you know, I'm more I'm resistant so to cold. I'm so excited right now. Oh, it's fabulous. It's ah, fabulous. I gotta try this. And this isn't like a trip. This is just like a... This is an herb that just plain makes you feel good. And, mm. and yet at the same time, you have uh, a couple of New York's uh, uh, top clinical psychiatrists who wrote a book called The Rhodiola Revolution. Basically, they're using this in their practices to treat depression. Uh, because the antidepressant drugs themselves are so dangerous, so mm-hmm. sketchy. And when you look, there was this amazing study that pretty much the entire psychiatric world just turned their heads away from that showed up in a 2005 uh, issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association as completely conservative as it gets. They did a study of all of the studies of every antidepressant that's ever been out there, compiled them all, and their conclusion was antidepressant drugs are not more effective than a sugar pill. Yeah. And and it, they may whack you out. They may give you a different state of mind. Like, oh, no, no. I take my antidepressant. I feel it. Sure. But yeah. do you do you not feel depressed? Do you feel great now? Yeah, and, no. This right, is, this right, is, we've, right. We've talked about this before on the podcast right, where right. – where, uh, where because people are feeling something, right. then uh, like if there is some quote unquote positive effect, it's that it's that you're like, well, I'm feeling something. I wouldn't be of messing course. with my head for no reason. So therefore, sure. this must be working. Therefore, but the I'm drug companies will mess with your head for no. Well, it's not course, for no reason. It's for money, of course. And right. so you may, as long as you. But you're, I, I think you that know. I think that people are still fairly. I mean. Um, uh, there, there's there's people that are also on the, the on the ultra paranoid side of things too, but but I think that um, I mean if I think about people like my my parents or like grandparents or whatever yeah, like yeah. small town Iowa folk they, you know if a if a doctor gives them this stuff they wouldn't they wouldn't think. Um, That's the about, old believe in the doctor almost as an infallible being model, yeah. which, you know, uh, fortunately, many people have turned away from because it turns out that, that doctors who may be well-intentioned are inculcated into a whole way of thinking about medicine as a form of drug dispensation Right. instead of, okay, wait a minute, okay, before we go any further, let's just sit, let's take an hour. Tell me what's going on in your life. Let's have a conversation. You know, that's not the way it is. They rush, they they rush in, they look at you, they look at your sheet, they go, your sheet, they go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't, uh, why don't we start you off on five milligrams of Xanax? And they split. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. What happened to the, hey, let's, let's deal with each other like human beings part. 
That's what's different about that and, and say, many forms of traditional medicine. I recently went through an experience where I had uh, I ended up in a psych ward, mm-hmm. had to uh, go on. I was forced to take a lazapine okay. um, to stabilize my mood, um, even though I wasn't done integrating things. And uh, so, uh, anyway, I needed to take it just to get out of there. Yeah. And then afterwards, I had to go. I went to this. Uh, uh, one, they they even told me that I wasn't supposed to be on it. It wasn't like a long term thing that there would. They would, uh, you know, were to put me on like lithium or something like that is more of a maintenance right, drug for, right. for the long term. And this was just to like put out the fire in the short term. Went to the nurse practitioner uh, who was basically, it's, they basically don't even really have, in, in my plan, it's like kind of hard to see a psychiatrist for some reason. So it's uh-huh. just this nurse pra- practitioner went through. And this woman's on her computer the entire time, like, you know, filling out a form, going through like right, a, check, right. a checklist of things. I'm trying to tell her what my actual What's going on with you? Was, right. Which might be a little more unusual. Do you feel any than, tingling in your hands? Uh, right, 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 right. And like, I, I was like, but the person that gave me this says I'm not even supposed to be on it. Like, right, what, are, what right. are you? And then and then just gave me not not only was like, oh, no, you're staying on that for months, um, which I just didn't. Right, then, of course. And then also just gave me some other fucking thing. Like, so, I don't even know the name of it, some anti-anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, like the two like cartoon uh, bottles full of – I've never seen a prescription bottle – of medicine so big in my entire <laughs> life it was like like picture your average one what you right, picture in right. your head and it was probably like seven times larger than that at yeah. least two of these things of some other fucking thing that i didn't want to take i like what and didn't like hear a word that i said didn't right, listen to right. me i was in and out and you know t- when i did try to say something she was just like annoyed mm-hmm, by, mm-hmm. By, and and like, fuck, Yet, fuck. if you go to a good shaman and and you say, you know, that they'll sit you down and they'll say, "Why are you here? What did you come from? What do you need?" And if you start saying, "Well, you know, I I feel depressed, or I feel this, or I feel that, or I I'd like to be relieved of some particular trauma or stress that I have," if they're good, they watch you, they listen to you, they think about it a little bit. And then in ceremony, in, say in an ayahuasca ceremony or a peyote ceremony or whatever it is, they work intentionally with you on that. And so there's a whole, and I don't want to paint this as perfect, which it's not, uh, the cure-all, which it's not, but the attention is different. My primary physician for 18 years was a uh, Taiwanese acupuncturist. He would come into the room. He never had a phone never allowed any interruptions. He'd sit down, he'd look at me, and he'd say, so, how are you? And at that time, for that time, while he was there, I was the only thing going on. And that's the kind of respect and dignity and acknowledgement you want. And when you do that with somebody, you get good at like, wow, this person's really nervous, or gee, they're sweating, you know, or uh, gee, they've got their shoulders hunched up, or gee, they're holding their hand to their abdomen. I notice that repeat. They get the time to check you out. Yeah. 
And then, hopefully, that informs the treatment, the procedure that they go through to help you out. Thanks for making me really self-conscious about my posture. Did you really need to use my actual posture as an example? Um, so one thing, one thing. That, You're certainly welcome. <laughs> so I, I want to, because I don't want to keep you all day, and I feel like we could talk forever. I'm sure that we could. Um, but you have written. Uh, is it one million books? Or <laughs> no, no, no. I, I have uh, 15 books. I, 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 I am an amazing out-of-print author. However, um, many of my books are no longer available. But you can get uh, my last book, The Ayahuasca Test Pilot's Handbook, which is a guide to ayahuasca journeying. You can certainly get that. Well, let's talk because I, I want to. I want to get into. Let's get into one of your books for sure. a while. Just so sure. I, I always want to encourage my listeners, and plus listeners uh, hear a good guest like you, and they they want to know more about what you have to offer. And it's always it's nice when people have books because they usually of course. I have academics is like hey you can go and check out their publications right right like, ah, right publications yes you'll uh, find me in the journal of pharmacology <laughs> writing about uh, enzyme disorders in the treatment of chronic inflammations oh yeah sure i'm gonna do that like right away man so i have a feeling that my <laughs> listeners might be a little more interested in, in hearing about a book about ayahuasca so what was the title of again it's called the ayahuasca test pilots handbook okay basically i, I think that anybody who is is sort of engaging with ayahuasca who's not say a trained shaman in a way is kind of a test pilot you know right. you're going on these journeys you're you're having these experiences and really what that book is about is telling you the basics to know about about ayahuasca what it is what's in it what happens you know what kind of what you can expect what constitutes a, a good shaman what constitutes a lousy shaman sort of typical experiences and i and i uh, was really adamant with the publisher publisher that it needed to be a small trim size so it could go in backpacks and uh, fortunately that mission's well accomplished that's fantastic yeah. so if you had Let's say we have, because I, I don't th think that, to my knowledge, I'm not sure but, that we've talked about uh, ayahuasca in this extent as, uh, yeah. before. And this is, as I mentioned um, 15 minutes ago or so, this is the big popular thing. These oh, days. yes, it is. Yes, it is. And everyone's going to, and then and then you also hear things about uh, about some bad practitioners out there some people that certainly are, that have gotten into it without the proper training that don't know what they're doing and and uh and, th and then there's all sorts of uh i mean there's a lot of underground stuff popping up all over the place some of it good and then some of it of course uh, not so good yes and, yeah uh, this stuff isn't the best regulated stuff in the world so um so, uh, what are some basics that you think? Um, so, so someone someone wants to do ayahuasca. Okay, what's what's the first step? First of all, they need to know that ayahuasca, which is typically made from two plants, a, a vine and a leaf, and it comes from the Amazon, um, is a very powerful psychoactive psychedelic brew that tastes absolutely inexcusably awful. It's just nasty, nasty tasting stuff. You'll have an excursion five hours, six hours, seven, maybe eight hours. It depends on how much you drink and the, and the, the situation. And 
Traditionally, it's administered in a ceremonial setting, so you don't just brew up some ayahuasca in your kitchen, drink it, hop on the subway, and go to a ball game. Big mistake. Uh, you know, uh, many people uh, at some point in ceremony throw up the ayahuasca. They get rid of that, and maybe in the process of doing that, they also vomit out some things that they never imagined you could vomit out, like bad feelings or memories or whatever. Uh, I uh, my last ayahuasca <laughs> experience, I purged. Um, all of human suffering. <laughs> That's a big one. That's yeah. a big one. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to experience um, being like uh, what felt like about 10,000 homeless people uh -huh. all at once uh -huh. uh, and, and uh, going through withdrawal. Yeah. And I purged all of their suffering. And it was. The most insane, like, it was like, uh, it doesn't, I, I'll say, spoiler alert, all of human suffering doesn't necessarily, like, feel good, like, in a traditional sense. No, but, it doesn't. But it was like, but it was so, it was like such an intense sense of suffering that it was like, almost cartoonish it was like almost so ridiculous that i couldn't even like take it seriously did it make you more empathetic it did yeah. and it was also it was like there was just something really beautiful yes. about it I, yes. I i haven't put much time into trying to articulate this experience this is the first time that i've i've shared it in uh with anyone um but uh but man there was something deeply deeply um beautiful about it it was it was like that it was it was like there was something there it was like there was some sort of force there to to catch you well this is this is truly what people refer to i mean here we are at the spirit plant conference you know spirit plant medicine um that is spirit plant medicine. I mean, you can you can go kind of two directions with talking about this. You can mm -hmm. do the chemical, here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. You've got this MAO inhibitor in the vine, and you've got DMT in the leaf, and the MAO inhibitor means that the DMT is orally active, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. That doesn't really get you there. Um, what the native people say is that every plant has a spirit, and that it is the spirits of the plant medicines that work on you for healing. And no, you didn't, in fact, vomit out all of human suffering, right. but you tapped into that current. You got some right. insight into the tremendous pain and difficulty and toil with which people struggle. And if it wound up making you a more empathic, uh, considerate person in any way at all, that's the medicine that's the effect and the fact that you either saw it either as vomiting out all of humanity's sufferings or or even just the suffering of a family member it's the effect that really matters here yeah it was like i got to have a shared experience yes. with all yes. of all of like what the worst of the human condition could feel like and right. so i felt a i felt a very unique bond with um with everyone in that mm -hmm. that was in a very desperate situation at that moment which 
which definitely made me a much more empathetic uh, person. I, I would like to pat myself on the back and say that I was fairly, I've been, you know, through my psychedelic use through yeah, 21 yeah. years, I've been increasingly more and more of an empathetic person. But I do, is there, does anyone ever do psychedelics? Or, or uh, I should say ayahuasca. Does anyone ever go down to the ayahuasca ceremony and then they like turn into like a real dick? <laughs> you know, um, once in a while, I mean, look, the, people vary a lot. Right. Um, not everybody enters these things with good intent. Not everybody is balanced. I mean, there was one guy I know, he did I ayahuasca. Do ayahuasca and what's, what's your intention? Rule the world. I want a BMW. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and that probably won't happen. Right. You, you might discover halfway through your ayahuasca ceremony that A, you don't really care, and, yeah. and B, that something else is much more important. Right, right, right. But yeah, some people wind up, uh, despite drinking ayahuasca or doing the mushrooms or participating in peyote ceremonies being, you know, uh, what they are anyway, kind of fundamentally corrupt, um, not nice to people. That happens as well. There are manipulators in the world. There are people who, you know, use whatever powers they can conjure, uh, mental, physical, emotional, verbal, to manipulate and dominate others. And so, yeah, that'll happen too. But that's not the norm. Mm -hmm. Often people go, even if they go with a sort of a venal or craven desire, they wind up getting something more deeply personal, mm -hmm. something more valuable. Um, so, okay. So where were we? That, that was step, <laughs> step one. What was step one again? I have no idea. Uh, step one step was, was like, what is ayahuasca? Maybe. Step, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do a little research. Yes. Um, yes. Read my book. Read the uh, ayahuasca maybe. test pilot's handbook. It's fun. It's informative. It's funny. It's not long. There you go. Not loads of big words. I mean, not that people are vocabulary challenged, but I mean, you know, it, it's not. It's I don't not know. meant. I, I heard you. I heard you getting a little uh, showy with uh, yeah, a little yeah, yeah, throwing yeah, around them sixty throw, cent yeah, words. You yeah, know, yeah, you got, neuroendocrinology. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, but no, really. Right now, I think that people are thankfully becoming more aware of the healing value of the psychedelics of. You know, we see more in the news about LSD therapy with addictions of different kinds. Ibogaine for opioids, a huge crisis in the country right now. Ayahuasca for many emotional traumas and for idiopathic disorders. That is disorders that we don't know how that happened. You know, abdominal pain that never goes away, headaches that are always there, sleeplessness that's constant no matter what. Often these get resolved in these ceremonies you know what the strangest thing was What's so <laughs> i i'm i'm feel, now feeling so bad for my audience because they're gonna be like oh fucking shane stop talking about your <laughs> so i i i i, I had it's I ha your show I, man. I, I, ha I have a i have kind of a, a uh, bum foot it's fine yeah really. yeah yeah oh, they're so sick of hearing i'm sick of talking about it right right and but because this medicine woman that I knew about knew about my foot because everyone does because right, I told right. everyone in the world <laughs> and made an album about it. hey I really got to cash in on my own personal uh -huh, suffering of course of course as much as I can um, so I this was not my idea because I would have never even thought to have this idea because I would have thought it to be absolute bullshit and kind of did when this medicine woman told me but she was like focus on your focus on your uh on your foot um too while while you're in there and and just see and um and for 
uh, like six weeks after ayahuasca, at least six weeks, maybe more mm. like two months after that experience, I was walking completely normal wow. for the first time in three years. And, uh-huh. and, and it's like, it, my foot's like basically almost 100% anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my, my limp is, is really not that noticeable anyhow. So yeah. it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't take that much to get me there. But I don't know if it's, you know, probably what limp still exists might, might just be, um, you know, a habit, uh, some habitual, uh, uh, thing that that uh, you know my brain for so long had to stay off of it and now it's not mm-hmm. necessary for it to sure sure uh, for those pain receptors are no longer necessary to protect my foot and so it was um allowing a little bit of kind of neural reprogramming mm-hmm. of those pain receptors mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Were like hey you don't you don't need to feel that pain sure, right now sure can, who knows but Whatever happened, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm walking like a we normal see, we see this though. We see this with things for which we don't have a Western explanation. How could a psychedelic help that? Right. How could it possibly help? Um, you know, uh, ovarian cysts. How could it help? chronic migraines i mean i was in a peyote ceremony the other night a friend of mine he was he was carried in because he had a migraine that was just crippling him he couldn't stand up straight he couldn't walk on his own he was blinded by this he was in agony two hours later he was sitting up with a smile on his face going I came in here a broken man. I feel completely relieved. This has never, ever happened to me before. This would last four days. Wow. And we don't understand everything about how these things work. We know that they do. Uh, the shamans would say, well, that energy block is gone now. And the medical doctors might say, we don't have a clue. Well, everyone make sure and get Chris uh, Chris Killham. Is it kill him? Kill him. Yeah. Kill him. Kill him. Go Just to medicinehunter.com. There's more there than you'll ever want to look at, but go there and get my book, Ayahuasca Test Pilot's Handbook. And one last little fun thing that I do for people. Oh, I have one one more real, real okay. quick question. Um, is there out there like a really mild psychedelic? Someone's never done a psychedelic before. They... Uh, 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 LSD mushrooms is like they're interested. They've heard people talking about them on podcasts, but they're a little a little scared. They don't want a interdimensional experience. Is there any uh, any weird like roots or places well, out there that you discovered that I, are like a real real mild form? I, of I the think experience? the sort of if if you will, um, you know, no offense intended, kind of preschool version is to do a very small. amount of mushrooms yeah you know if six mushrooms are going to get somebody tripping for seven hours well try one yeah and have that experience that brightening experience that expansion but not necessarily the overwhelming ego shattering you know boundary smashing thing that you might be afraid of initially yeah 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 that's what i would suggest yeah i'm a big fan of the mushrooms the mushrooms are great the mushrooms are friendly 
And this is the last little thing I have my guests give uh, give the listeners a little extra credit assignment. I should have warned you about this in the beginning. <laughs> all it is. This, this is all it is. Um, this is this is any kind of if you have like a life hack, if you have a hobby that you're into that you think people should check out, if you have some some new herb that you've been taking, if you have some book you read recently that you're going crazy about. Any, you're like go out and go bowling tonight. <laughs> like anything like that uh, that uh, you can encourage the the listeners uh, to do this week. There is an herb called ashwagandha, and it's an Indian herb. And in their five thousand year old system of Ayurveda, their natural medicine system, ashwagandha is number one out of like seven and a half thousand herbs. If you try ashwagandha. Um, you'll have a great experience. You'll feel more energized, more mental clarity, uh, maybe more sexual vitality too. That's kind of real typical and common. Um, you'll like the way you feel. You'll have more liberated energy to do whatever you want to do. Maybe you'll back off a little bit on the caffeine, though I'm certainly caffeine friendly. Ashwagandha. Go on to my website, medicinehunter.com. Check out ashwagandha. Yeah. Try it for yourself. Have the experience. But more than that, I would say... Take some time out to sit by yourself in a quiet space and ask what you want in your life and to allow yourself to give yourself answers and then to to ask yourself honestly, are you willing to do what it takes to achieve what you want? That's the best advice I could give you. BMW. <laughs> I always just want to say stuff like that when I get up and give talks at these psychedelic. What the heck's wrong with an Aston Martin, man? I think you are totally like, you know, biased in this regard. Seriously. German engineering? Come on, man. The Brits had it down before the Germans ever got there with the BMWs. Chris, thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you, for Shane. It's a real me. pleasure. And thank you, listeners, for being such a wonderful curious people we'll talk with you next week hope you enjoyed the episode guys uh, that's probably going to be one of the last um, episodes about plant medicines and psychedelics for a while who knows i keep on saying that and it's uh it's tough to say how the guests come in but i i got kind of some bad news um recently I've been working for a year trying to get a good trip made into a special, which was going to be the catalyst to take things to, to kind of the next stage of, um, of uh, doing a DMT show, doing a follow-up um, psychedelic show, and with finishing the documentary, using, uh, using the special and the documentary to potentially pitch uh docuseries i was excited about and a few other things like that and and be doing lots more psychedelic comedy well it was looking really good about a year ago and it's been a frustrating experience and i've kind of found out recently that it looks like a good trip is not going to be made into a special unfortunately so i'm going to need to take some time to reassess uh, what my next steps are and, and i'm going to kind of change direction which is, uh, in a way, good for some many listeners. I'll be focusing more on um, getting more science-related stuff, content out there um, that isn't just dwelling on psychedelics. It's uh, 
little bit of a bummer for me, but I'm still probably going to make um, a good trip into uh, an album or two so that you guys are able to hear it. And who knows, maybe I'll just record the thing and put it on YouTube um, eventually. I don't really know. I don't know if it was ahead of its time or if Shane Moss is just not a big enough name yet or or what exactly the reasoning is, um, but uh, I, I'm having trouble getting the industry to pull the trigger on a special all about psychedelics, even though it was a successful 111 city tour that got rave reviews everywhere and all sorts of publicity and everything else. But that's just uh, where we are as a culture right now, or I, I don't know. It may have been some missteps on my part that I am unaware of. But, so, I try to keep you guys in the loop with what's going on in my career. And sometimes there's setbacks. This was one. I still have a, uh, what could potentially be a really um, big deal with a show that we're about to start pitching around all about psychedelics. So, who knows? Um, That might still be something that I'm becoming more involved with in the future but this this recent news wasn't a good sign so we'll see uh i have some other projects in the works that i'm excited about i'm excited to keep focusing on here we are and now that i know that i'm not going to be doing dmt talks i am i was kind of waiting to pull the trigger on on um talking about dmt on patreon because i didn't want to spoil everything but now I'm going to start recording my DMT experiences for Patreon and stop putting that off so you can uh, support, uh, you can check that out for more content and support the show and me there on patreon.com slash Comedy, and I'll uh, try to get into it more with what's going on in, with my career and everything else too. So uh, thank you for the support. Thanks for using the Laughable app for all of your podcasting needs. Make sure and write them a nice review. And, oh, next week on the program, uh, it's going to be part two of Is Intersectionality a Religion? The short answer is no. Uh, no, it is not. And I kind of nipped that one in the butt early on in the episode. And then we had a very nice, reasonable uh, discussion. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Maybe the last time we talk politics on the podcast, I don't know. Depends on what your feedback is. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) That's all. Those of you that listen all the way to the end, you are, of course, my favorite.
Hello, I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. Interior, happening discotheque. Remember when we call clubs discotheques? <laughs> LOL. The 70s were crazy. Night. The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh, my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Ying Yang Twins. <laughs> Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would he even why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype <laughs> and that he has come for his cocaine. <laughs> As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced V-A-P-E in Spanish, oh my he spots his dear friend who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. Scarface yells out his signature line. Ciao, Bella. It's me, Scarface. Oh, my 